Well, bless the wonderful name of Jesus, everyone. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's episode, we're going to continue in the series entitled The Haves and the Have-Nots. This would be part number four in that series. We're going to speak about a church that is on fire for Christ, not cold and not lukewarm, but on fire for Jesus Christ. So we're going to entitle today's message, The Burning Bride, and you'll understand that a lot more as we continue in the series. All right, without any further ado, here comes part four of the series entitled The Haves and the Have-Nots. It is subtitled The Burning Bride, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Enjoy. Revelation, the book of Revelation, Revelation, the third chapter, Revelation 3, Revelation 3. And I am so, again, so tickled brown that all of you are here today. I'm so blessed that you are here today. I would love to call everybody's name. As a matter of fact, next time we come in, we'll have a roll over there and I'll just call you off. But I'm so glad. Do you, do you, can you, can you really tell them I'm glad you're here? I'm really glad. I'm really glad. I've been praying for you guys, so I'm glad you're here. Revelation, the third chapter. Okay, let's get ready. Let's pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this time that you have sent, uh, that you've set forth today for us to gather around your presence, to gather in your presence, to gather around your word. We ask the Lord that you would just speak to us, that you would feed us with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, that you would open our hearts that we may understand and, and comprehend your word and, and put that word into practice. Speak to us today. We honor you and we thank you. And we're dependent on you. In Jesus' name. Let every heart say amen. amen. All right, Revelation, the third chapter. <clears throat> we're going to go there. But uh, first of all, I just want to do just a tiny bit of re recapping. Remember, we're in the series entitled The Have and the Have Nots. The Have and Have Nots has nothing to do with money. Uh, but it's talking about a return to biblical Christianity. The Bible says emphatically that in the last days there will be a church that looks like the church, but it's not really the church. There'll be one that will have a form, but no power, right? The, they'll have the outward expression, but God's not in the building, right? Lights on, but nobody's at home. Not looking at anybody. Are you hearing? So since we are living in the last days, it's time for us to understand what's going on in these last days. Okay, we talked last week about there, there are Christians, the real deal, born again believers, and then there are also Christian buts. Some of you were here last night, uh, last week to remember that. Praise the Lord. So there are Christians and there are Christian buts. If you haven't heard that message, then make sure you do so. It's on Facebook, it's on the app, website, it's a lot of places. And there are also CDs available uh, on the table, possibly. Yes, there are. Praise God. All right. Also available. If you need to hear that, you can hear that. But there are also, I want to bring you another group of Christian. Now, what we're doing really in this series, we're trying our best by the power of the spirit to bring back what a true Christian actually is. Because the world has so taken this, taken the word Christian and have gone down the street somewhere. And it's, 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 it's as far from this book, from the Bible, as the East is from the West. And it's wrong. 
So we're examining the word of God to find out what it really means to be a Christian, what it really means to be a part of the church of Jesus Christ. Now, it's important for you to know because that in these last days, the Lord said there will be uh, false prophets will arise and deceive many. He said in the last days, people uh, won't endure sound doctrine or sound teaching, but they will heap to themselves teachers with itching ears. In other words, they will say, tell the people something that they want to hear and not give them the true word of God. And so we're actually living in those days, in the days where there are wolves in sheep's clothing, having the outward appearance, but inside there's something that will devour you. So you need to be aware of that because you're in the last days. Amen. So, again, there are two others I want to bring you. Um, there are two types. There are two types and there are more, I'm sure. But there are two types of actual born again believers. Let me bring you this first before we go into Revelation three. Two types. I'm sure there are more, but there, this is what I have for you today. Two types of born again believers. One that is hungry for God. And one that is hungry for the world. I'm taking your silence as you're getting it in all in. Diane, that's how I'm taking it. You're getting it all in today. Hunger for God or hunger for the world. As a matter of fact, and you can write this down. First Timothy, the sixth chapter, verses eight through eleven. First Timothy six, verses eight through eleven talks about those talks talking about the church, those who would be rich. Or pierce yourself through with many sorrows. Men, you're really going to have a hard time. You're really trying to go after the world uh, or after the pleasures of the world. And we have left first love. They're really born again. Sure. But they're going after, they're substituting Christ for something else. Yeah. And it, it is my it is my concern. It is my concern that um, those of us that are really born again, those really born of God will get into heaven and really discover that there are some places in heaven that are not so lovely. Yes, you made it there. But remember, the Lord said he will give you rewards. Rewards. They'll, his Bema seat, B-E-A-M, the Bema seat of Christ. He will hand out rewards based on what we have done here, how we have served him here. You understand? I um, mean, it's great that we don't go to hell. Woohoo! Thank God. Party up here. Party up here. Right? But there needs to be there. There should be another reason for serving Christ other than the fact that you're not going to hell anymore. Okay. When the Lord is handing out rewards, when, when we are casting crowns before his presence, and there are so many things you would want to wish. I mean, there's going to be, uh, if you would, a, 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 an awards day ceremony. Anybody ever been to an awards day ceremony Amen. with your children or you yourself? I mean, it does not feel good. You're sitting there and your classmates are getting, getting awards, but you're just sitting there. And you try your best to clap for them, but you wish you could get a little trophy or a plaque or a piece of paper or something to go home with you. Amen. Now, that's just for a day. And then the next year you go through another award ceremony. So it helps you inspire you. Hey, 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 I'll do better next year. 
But this will be the last one that will lead you throughout eternity. I don't want to sit there and all the angels and all those around, I made it in, woo And Jesus calling everybody else's name but mine. Here's for you. Oh, wow, I want to get that. But you never get called up. So I just want to bring those thoughts before you. So two types, the hungry, those that are hungering after God and those that are hungry for the things of the world. Now, here's a warning. You can be a Christian, a show enough Christian, born again Christian, and still not have a transformed mind. Your mind won't be renewed because that's your choice to renew your mind. You understand that? So you can be a born again Christian, a shown up person who has shown up, shown enough. That might be another movie. Show enough going to heaven. You, sure, you really are. But live in this earth and have your mind not transformed. You can be a Christian and be defeated. Although those two words really don't go together. Christian and defeat does not go together. But you can be Christian and be defeated. You can be a Christian and hate yourself and want to die. But that should never be. But that this, a lot of this has to do with your renewed mind, how you spend time with God on a regular basis. It's kind of like we're, we're batteries. And anybody put a battery in a battery charger before? You know, you put it in the thing. If you watch, um, maybe, uh, let me see here, Star Trek Voyager, you know, the Borg, they had one character on there called Seven of Nine. She was a b Borg. Anyway, <laughs> she had to be charged. She had a little charging station. At the end of the day, she was like, she was human, but she had cyborg parts, so she had to get charged. So she... Eh, And so she got charged at the end of the day. And then when charging cycle was over, I'm ready. <laughs> the thing is that many of us are not entering our charging cycle. So we're going through de the day and we're getting snappy at people, snippy, rude, crude. We're abrasive with them. Have no patience. Get up out of here. We can't do anything with anybody because we have not been on our charging cycle. Therefore, we are susceptible to temptations, to snares, to sin, because we don't have the power that we need to overcome those things because we haven't been charged. How do you get charged? You get charged right there in prayer. Now, when I say prayer, I'm not talking about just you coming with the list of things. God, I need this, this, that, and the other. Thank you. See you tomorrow morning. No, I'm not talking about prayer. I'm talking about spending time in his presence, ushering in his presence, hosting the presence of the Lord, spending time with him, loving on him. Yes. You talking to him and actually waiting to let him talk to you. Yes, 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 yes. Right? Yes. Charging in his presence and feeding, feasting on his word. You're in the charging station. You're spending time with him. You know, they tell me, I've never done it, but they tell me, I'm sure, I'm telling you, I've never done this before. Never, never, ever done this before. 
but they tell me, the more time you spend in the tanning bed, the darker you get. <laughs> Y'all have to tell me. It's true. <laughs> Connor says it's true. The more time you spend in the tanning bed, the darker you get. In other words, the more you are exposed to those lamps, the more your skin is exposed to the lamps, the more it shows on you. The more change that you can see and people around you can see. Amen. Our lives, we can be Christian, but nobody can tell. Amen. You're shown up a Christian. But you haven't been either in your charging station or under the light, under the bulbs, you know, or out sun carrying that little, that mirror thing. I think you get, did you get it? Did you get the examples? You have to be charged. The Bible says clearly that we are to be filled with the Spirit, continually being filled, continually being filled with the Spirit of God. But we'll get that. But understand, you can be all those things. You can be a Christian and still defeat it. You can be a Christian and have an untransformed mind. You can be a Christian and still hate yourself and still be down yourself, still be depressed, still be worried, still be anxious. You can be a Christian and still want to die. Or even want to commit suicide. Yes. Why? Because our mind is not transformed. You don't know how to deal with attacks of the enemy because we have not been on the charging station. Yes. Daily time spent in his presence. Even the Lord Jesus was not around people 24-7. He had time when he went away and got charged and came back. He got charged and came back. He got charged and came back. Are you hearing? Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. So let me, let me say this again before we go further. Now here's another nugget that I want to give you, to give you today. Understand the thinking and the mind of this statement. Are you ready? Christians are supernatural beings who are living temporarily in weak human flesh. Okay, don't you understand that you are a new species of being? You are a new yes, creature. Yes, yes, yes. New meaning you have never existed before. Yes, yes. You have, God didn't use old parts to make you. You are brand new. Your spirit man is brand new. And God himself now lives, is housed in your spirit. You are a supernatural being. But you're living in a weak human body. That's why the scripture says the spirit is willing, but that old flesh is weak. You understand that? So unless you keep yourself charged up in his presence, you'll be more prone to following the dictates of this flesh, of this body, of this machine that we're living in. Okay? All right. One more statement. Being a Christian also means, now this is a big one, being a Christian also means that you never, ever, 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 have to worry about being good enough in the sight of God. 
Now that's a big statement. Why is that? Because being a Christian means that you receive the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ. You receive him as your Lord and Savior. And his sacrificial um, and his sacrifice or he is our atonement. His blood was shed on our behalf. And that blood forever speaks to the Father concerning you saying that you are righteous. Jesus settled, the, uh, Jesus settled the goodness question with you when you were born again, when you were born of God. He looks at you. He's not looking at you or your righteousness or the good things that you have done. He's looking at the shed blood of Jesus Christ. When you receive Jesus, you received his blood. His blood covers you, covers your sin, covers your life. And when God looks at you, he sees the blood. And when he sees the blood, he is forever reminded of the torment, torture that his son went through for you. It is a constant reminder on the mercy seat of heaven, the blood, the scars in Jesus' body constantly reminds the father of what Jesus did for you so that you could be made right in the sight of God. So being a Christian, being born again, means that you should never, ever, 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 ever have to wonder again whether you're good enough in the sight of God. Because it's not about you. It's about the blood of Jesus that was shed on your behalf. Are you hearing? So you should never wonder, oh, God, am I, you know, I can't do this. I can't be good enough. What? That's words that never should be said together. That should never be said together. Never be said together like hot sauce and chocolate cake. I love hot sauce. I love me some hot sauce. Anybody else like some hot sauce? We love some hot sauce. But hot sauce and chocolate cake. Hot sauce and strawberry ice cream. No. Hot sauce and turnip greens. Mmm. Oh, no, not turnip greens. Hot sauce, huh? Collard greens. Which one is it? Collard? Hot sauce and collard greens. You know, hey. Hot sauce and fried chicken. Mmm. Anyway. Some things go together and some things do not. Anybody getting hungry yet? All right. Let's go ahead and get into the meat. Uh, Revelation 3. Revelation 3. Now, I don't, I'm not sure who that was for today, but I pray that you got it. Revelation, the third chapter. Amen. We're going to be talking about, you'll see here, the Lord Jesus, you'll see it in your Bible. It is written in red. If you're reading out of a Bible, it's written in red. Jesus himself is, as, is speaking here, and he's speaking to the church. Very important for you to understand that. He's speaking not to the world, but he's speaking to those who call him Lord and Savior. You understand that? He's speaking to those. Now, is anybody here called call Jesus your Lord and Savior? Amen. So say, he's speaking to me. Speaking to me. All right, let's make this personal. Let me read through this. Uh, Revelation 3, uh, verse 14 says this. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write. Now, the angel, of course, refers to an angel as a messenger. So he's talking to the messenger of the church who uh, is the, the pastor, in essence here, the pastor of the church. Write these things to the pastor so that he may send this word to the congregation. Are you with me? Amen. All right. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen. 
and the faith rather and yeah these things say the amen the faithful and true witness the beginning of the creation of God verse 15 I know thy works that thou art neither what cold nor hot in most translations cold nor hot I would uh, thou wert cold or hot so then because thou art what lukewarm and neither cold nor hot I will spew thee out of my mouth because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thine eyes with eye salves that thou mayest see as many as I love now this is very big here as many as I love I rebuke and chasten or I correct and discipline as many as I love do you know the Lord Jesus loves you? Amen. Now, who is he talking? Is he talking to the world here? Is he talking to the ungodly? He's talking to the believer, right? Amen. To the Christian. He said, as many as I love, I love y'all. And because of that, I will rebuke or I will correct and discipline you. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. He says, behold, I stand the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as also, or rather, even as I also overcame and am sat down with my father in his throne. Verse 22, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that hath an ear, not those you have that skin sticking on the side of your head, right? Those who are listening. So are you listening today? Amen. Notice now in verse 21, somebody bring up, uh, Brother James, bring that podium out and sit right there, please. I need to come closer to y'all today. Verse 21 says, to him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. To him that overcomes, to her that overcomes, will I grant to sit with me in my throne. What a great honor. Now listen to what that says. To him that overcomes or to them that overcomes, the Lord Jesus said, I will grant to sit with me. What does that tell you? What? I'll allow you to sit with me. All right. To him that what? overcomes now what about those that don't overcome look at the text I want you to look at verse 21 for right now to those that do not overcome now who's he talking to the world or to the church Christians born again believers right to those who overcome those born again believers who overcome now we're going to see some things he's talking about overcoming here to the born again believer that, that overcomes, I will grant you, I will allow you to sit with me in my throne forever. Ultimate power. Where is Christ sitting? At the right hand of God. This is talking about, uh, any, this is an eternal picture. He says, I'll grant this to you when you overcome. 
But also, he's, here again, he is he's making a distinction to him that overcomes, meaning that there will be some that will not overcome. Not because they couldn't do it, but because they wouldn't do it. So that also tells you another division of heaven. You think about eternal view. There'll be those that will overcome. Think about that awards day ceremony. The Lord says, hey, come on up higher. Come on up higher. In a big awards banquet, the marriage supper of the lamb. Praise the Lord when the bride, the Bible says the bride has made herself ready. By the way, we're speaking from the subject today of the burning bride. You get that in just a minute. The bride has made herself ready. Now, there is a school of thought that says not all of the church are part of the bride. Just because you're born again does not mean that you're part of the bride of Christ. Why? Because the bride has made herself ready. And there will be some that will not make themselves ready. There will be some that just say, okay, I'm born again. Now let me just go to sleep and wait on Jesus to come. <laughs> is he come here yet? Is he, uh, is he here yet? But then there will be others that will be really active, making themselves ready. Okay? So the Lord says here to those that overcome, those that overcome, you get to sit with me. Right here with me. Sitting, sitting with the Lord talks about also proximity to the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? Come on up here, Deacon. Let me show y'all something. Praise the Lord. Deacon. Yeah, okay, right here. Stand right here, okay? We're going to pretend like we're sitting down. <laughs> we are now sitting down. Okay, Deacon will be Jesus, okay? He'll be Jesus. And so throughout eternity, an eternal picture, I've overcome. Jesus tells me, help me out, Lord. They come and sit with me. All right, thank you. <laughs> Wow, I get to sit with him. Isn't that something? Amen. Oh, Lord, oh, I'm so glad. Oh, so glad. Oh, what a time, what a time, what a time. Are you hearing me? Amen. Now, so they see us having a good time up here. No telling what's going on as I'm sitting with the Lord. What is he showing me? What are we talking about? What are we doing? Are you understanding? Amen. I'm right here yeah. with someone that is 100% positive. Amen. I got to dance on that. <laughs> there is no negative. 100% positive. Are you hearing? I'm right here. We're rejoicing. Right? Amen. But others who did not overcome in this life, not because they didn't have the ability to, but because they refused, get to sit somewhere else and look at us, me and Jesus. Are you hearing? So that that verse talks about a distinction in heavenly places, in the hereafter. Give him a hand, would you? Thank you. He's a good man. Now, before we get into the real meat of this, look at verse number 19 again. The Lord says, as 
Many as I love, I will rebuke and chasten. Many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Now, anybody ever been disciplined before by mom or daddy? We won't talk about it very much. Or you've been out somewhere and you've you've driven down the road, you're going 75 or 80 and you see the cops. Doesn't make you feel good at all. Oh, you've gotten called into the principal's office. How many of y'all been called into the principal's office? Raise your hand. See, oh, Lord, look at all these people. Didn't feel good at all, right? At all. Now, we're talking about parents, principal's office, police, boss's office, supervisor's office. Come in and have a seat. We need to talk. That's a time of rebuke, correction, okay? Now, we have a certain amount that we can receive from other humans. But the Lord says, as many as I love, I will deal with. Now, how many times you think God gonna have to tell you something when he calls you into his office? This is security. Let me tell you why. This is security. Because the Lord says, I love you so much, I'm not going to just allow you to get away with this stuff. Yes, yes, yes. I'm going to call you in here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to correct you. Yes, Lord, yes. I'm going to discipline you. Thank when I see you floating off, I'm going to deal with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Why? So that you may sit yes. with me. Yes. Are you hearing? Yes. He said, I'm going to deal with you. So we can find security in that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He is your anchor. He's not going to allow you to go way up. The Lord said, hey, hey, I will deal with you. Now, anybody got an example? I don't want you to give your testimony, but does anybody know how it feels when you know the Lord is really on you about something? I got a couple people, a couple of people who really know what it means when the Lord is really dealing with you about something. It does not feel good. Now, let me, let me lay a few things to rest. God does not chastise you with sickness. Because you've done this, I'm going to throw some sickness on you. Here's some, here's some sickness. No, God does not do that. Are you hearing me? Oh, it's, there are some things I'm telling you, boy, he'll deal with that heart. He may even give you a dream. Let you see the edge of the cliff. I say, oh God, oh God, oh God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He'll let you know this is not the right way. Out of love for you. Because he's eternally minded. He sees where you're going to be. And he knows how to get your attention. So say with me, thank you, Lord, for your correction. And he'll do this. He'll do this in love with your best interest at heart. Are you hearing me? He loves you. All right. Let's go into some more. Let's go into some meat. We haven't really gotten there yet. Look at verse number 15. It says, I know thy works. He's talking to the church. He's talking to us. He said, I know your works. I know what you've been doing. Now, he's already called them in essence into the principal's office. He's sending a letter to the pastor to tell the congregation so we can say to the church at kingdom rock this is what jesus is saying he's saying i know your works 
I know what you've been doing. Oh, my Jesus. Now, right away, we should be going some. Oh, oh Lord. He says, I know you are. Now, understand, this is someone that is completely positive and completely full of love for you. He is not vindictive. He is not hateful. He is not seeking to destroy you. He's seeking to give you life. Okay? He loves you with the burning hot love. You are the apple of his eyes. As a matter of fact, he loves you so much that he gave himself to die a horrible, horrible death. Went down into hell for you. Are you hearing? Now, I know you love your family, your husband, your wife, your spouse. How many of us be willing to spend two minutes in hell? You think of your worst day here? Oh, no, no, no. Are you understanding? He loved you that much, and he's the one who's saying, I know what you're doing. Let's look at it. And here, he's not talking about, we think about, when the Lord says, I know what you're doing, we immediately, our minds immediately goes toward sin. I want you to see this. Immediately goes towards sin. Lord, I did this. Lord, I did that. Lord, this is not even in the picture right now. You understanding? Because Jesus has already dealt with the sin. But there is something that is far more pressing than the sin. You want to know what it is? Let's look. He says, I know thy works. I know what you're doing. What, what is it, Lord? That thou art neither cold nor hot. Notice it doesn't say, I know your works. I saw you at the club. I know your works. I saw you curse them out. I know your works. I saw what you did. It's, that's not there, is it? I know your works. I know about the lying. I know your works. I know about the cheating. I know your works. I know about the stealing. He's not talking about that. Are you are y'all with me? Let's put that out of your head. There's something far more precious that he's trying to get us to see. He said, I know your works that thou art neither cold nor hot. Now we're going to look at this. He said, you're not cold and you're not hot. Now, we'll look at the word cold and hot in just a second, but he says that thou art neither. Neither means uh, you're not one or the other. You're not cold and you're not hot. He said that you're neither cold nor hot. Look at this. He said, I would that you were cold or hot. Verse 16, so then because thou art what? Lukewarm. And neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. In other words, the Lord's saying that you do not exist in a state. Uh, the word neither there talks about, you know, uh, you're not this, you're not that. In other words, you're not faithful over there in the cold area. You're not faithful over there in the hot area. There's nothing for you for me to distinguish. I can't tell what you are. You don't stay over there long enough for me to say cold. You don't stay over there long enough for me to say hot. Right. You're not this and you're not that. Who is he talking to? The church. You're not cold and you're not hot. As a matter of fact, he said that 
they are what? Lukewarm. Now, let's look at the definition of the word lukewarm just for a second. The word lukewarm means tepid. It means lukewarm. It means of the condition of the soul, wretchedly, wretchedly fluctuating between a toper, T-O-T-O-R-P-O-R, toper, and a uh, fervorous love. In other words, now, tepid, we're gonna go, I'm going to look at this definition. So we'll go through all of them because this is, this is it. People think that lukewarm means that you're in the middle. That's not what the Greek word here, here is. It's got nothing to do about being in the middle. There is no middle. There is no gray area in the kingdom of God. This word lukewarm has nothing to do with middle. Some people, I've heard some people say, I'm a lukewarm Christian. I'm not hot. I'm not on fire. I'm not really with the Lord. Then again, I'm not cold over here. I'm not just dead and inactive. I'm right here in the middle. No, there is no such thing. Are you hearing? If you're not burning on fire for Christ, then you're lukewarm. You understand? If you're not there, then you're there. The Lord said, I would that you would either be on one of the extremes, either be faithful over here, burning on fire for me, longing for me, uh, seeking after me in my presence, or that you were inactive, cold meaning inactive, or that you were cold, cold inactive, or that you were, uh, the word also talks about cold, also talks about uh, being hi hibernating like an animal, just dormant. He said, I would that you were either one of those. I can deal with that. If you're over here inactive, he knows how to wake you up. He knows how to get you going. He knows how to motivate you. But you don't stay over there long enough. The tepid, uh, lukewarm talks about fluctuating between the two. That's what lukewarm is. You're over here one moment. You go from zero to 60. One day you're here. Next day you're there. This day I believe. Next day I don't believe. This day I love the Lord. That day uh, I'm cold and indifferent. He said, you're fluctuating back and forth. You're fluctuating. He said, you, you, you won't even tie your own self down. You won't even fully commit to either extreme. Are you understanding? Yes. He said, you're tepid. Uh, that is lacking. The word lukewarm means tepid. It means lacking in emotional warmth or enthusiasm. It means apathetic, half-hearted, half-hearted. So there are, now this definition of lukewarm People that are half-hearted, feeling or showing a lack of interest or concern, indifferent, feeling or showing little or no emotional response, half-hearted. He said half-hearted. We're going to see this. A half-hearted believer gets spewed out of the mouth of God. He said you're half-hearted. Now, this is what he's trying to, this is what he is disciplining them and correcting them for because he does not want to spew them out of his mouth. So he's bringing this word of correction, showing them who they are. He's talking to the church, telling them, you're not on fire for me and you're not inactive. You're not dormant. You're giving me a half-hearted effort. You're not really enthusiastic about me. You're apathetic, really. You're indifferent. You don't. It really doesn't matter to you. 
And this is a state really of today's many in today's end time church who are apathetic to God. Yeah, Jesus, uh, reading the Bible, yeah, I do it, I do it, I do it. Going to church, yeah, you know, yeah, I, I pray. I, now these are those that are born of God, born again, apathetic, lukewarm, showing little or no emotion. So there they are, they're, they're vacillating or they're fluctuating between hot and cold, hot and cold. Uh, these are people who go between the extremes. They go from hot to cold. They go from zero to 60 at a drop of a hat. And this is, like I said, unfortunately, the state of many that are in the church today. Now, you have to ask yourself, God, is that me? You have to ask yourself, God, is that me? And here again, lukewarm is not someone that is in the middle because there, there is no such thing as a middle ground. Now, let's talk, about, let's talk um, for a moment about the penalty for this. He said in verse 16, so then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold or hot, you're not on fire for me. You're not. Now, the, the word for fire really means, um, you know, burning brightly, brilliantly, an intense fire, an intense flame, intense. Now, you can't make yourself do that. Are you hearing? You want, um, you realize that yet. You can't make yourself burn for the Lord. You can start a little match, but you'll soon burn out. You can't make yourself live right. You haven't come to that realization yet? Before you came to Christ, you were trying to make yourself live right. Amen. Saying, I got to get my life together. I got to get it together. I got to go to church. I get my life together. I get to church. And now you're born again, still saying, I got to get right. I got to get my life together. I got to go to church. I got to pray. I got to pray. I got to pray. I got to, I got to. You can't do that. This is a work of the spirit. This is God working in you and through you, producing that finished result. You don't have that kind of power. Now, by your own human will, you can say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But then at the end of the day, you, you stand before God and say, God, I did it. And that is blasphemous, blasphemous in the sight of God. That means you were saying that I did my best to make myself right for you. And when you do that, you deny the work of Jesus Christ because Jesus said, I gave my life to make you right. And now you're saying, I did right? Hallelujah. That is blasphemy, self-righteousness. Only the Holy Spirit can make you on fire for God. Only he can give you that fervor, that fire, that, that zeal for God. You have to open yourself up to him and say, Holy Spirit, I give you permission to set me on fire. The burning bride for Christ, a bride that's on fire, that's full of zeal and passion for the Lord. I give you permission. You have to allow him to do that. Are you understanding? You can't make yourself burn for the Lord. All you can do is, your best you'll be able to do is make a, a good, wet campfire yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. with a couple of sticks. In the name of Jesus. 
And that is in no comparison. It's actually an affront to the Lord. That's actually what the Pharisees and Sadducees were doing. We're going to be holy. We're going to be holy. We're going to wear these fancy robes. We're going to give lots of money and sound a trumpet when we come in the temple. Hey, I got $100 here. I'm giving to the Lord. See my $100? See my $100? I'm paying my tithe. I'm giving my offering. Y'all know that I am that good. And I am giving that to the Lord. Yes, I am. I am. So look at me. And in the time of prayer, when people come in to pray, you look at people and say, mm, look at that sinner. Mm. I'm thankful that I'm not like that sinner over there. I tithe, I come to church, I study my Bible. God, I know I'm good. I'm just that good in your sight. I know that I am. But the sinner man goes over here and say, Lord, be merciful unto me, a sinner. He's still crying out for the mercy of God, still crying out for the righteousness of God. God said that sinner will go home more justified than the other. Why? Because the sinner man is depending, still dependent, crying out on the righteousness supplied by Jesus Christ. That Pharisee saying, I got it, I'm doing myself. Blasphemy. Help me, tell, you, tell your neighbor, you can't make yourself right. You can't. I hope you discover that. I hope you discover that because you will get frustrated. You will get aggravated at you. Frustrated. That's what you'll get. That's your reward. You'll be frustrated. You'll be aggravated. You'll begin to hate yourself. Oh, I can't do it. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? It's not you. It's your thinking process. You can't make yourself be good enough. That's a work of the Holy Spirit. Look up toward heaven and say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit I, welcome you. I welcome you. Come in my life. Help me to be on fire for Christ in Jesus' name. Did you get that? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I want to show you one other thing before we begin to close out today. Look at verse number 17. We're going to go back to the spewing in just a few moments because seven... Uh, actually, the spewing in verse 16 really relates to verse 21, and we'll look at that in just a second. But verse number 17 says, uh, because thou say, no, verse 18. Let's look at verse 18. That's what I want to see for right now. He says, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. All right? Look at, the, look at the second word in verse 18. The Lord says what? Counsel. I counsel you. Now, this is so powerful. You get this in just a second. This is so powerful it makes me want to just fall out right now. I'm serious. You'll see it in a minute. Do it, Holy Ghost. The one who could command you to say, do this, is not commanding. He's saying, I counsel you. He's saying, come on, let's talk. He's saying, let's talk. Let me advise you. The one who could 
command and demand is saying, let's talk. Talk about what? About what we did last night or uh, about all the other things and lying, cheating, whatever? No. He said, let's talk about the condition of your heart as it relates to me. This is all talking about your relation with him. These are born again believers that are fluctuating between I love Jesus, I want Jesus, to uh, I don't know. I don't know. Bet they're going between the extremes, one on one side, one on the other side. They, this is how they relate to Christ. This is not about who sin and when they sin and how they sin. Yes. This is their heart yes. for him. Don't make this thing an issue of sin. This is not about sin. This is about your heart for him. Once we have a right heart for him, sin will no longer be in the picture. Are you understanding? Hallelujah. Now look in verse number 20. We'll go here. Verse 20 says, behold, I stand where? At the door and knock. Who is he talking to again? The Christian, the born again believer. He's not talking to those there in the world saying, hey, receive me as your Lord and Savior. He's talking to a Christian saying, you have locked me out of your house. Now, surely Jesus is with them. He said to never leave them nor forsake them. This is talking about a relationship. This is talking about intimacy. Now here is Jesus saying, I am outside. Let me inside. Amen. They have allowed uh, all, all these other things of the world to take his place. And somehow, some way, they have said, Jesus, exit right here. Christians having Jesus outside and Jesus wants to come inside yes, yes, knocking this has nothing to do with sin this is an intimate relationship with him he said I send the door and I knock if any man hear my voice if you'll hear my voice that is and not harden your heart he said I'm outside knocking in a born-again believer's heart. He said, I'm knocking. I'm seeking a more intimate relationship with you. Not a business relationship where you just come in and tell the Lord about your problem and go. He wants a loving relationship. He says, I'm standing, desiring an intimate relationship with you. Would you let me in? Now, he says something very peculiar here. If you don't watch it, you'll miss it. He said, I'll come in. Let's read it. Let's read it. He said, I stand the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will what? Sup with him and he with me. In other words, we'll have dinner together. Now, dinner dates, they don't come in with luggage planning the steak. Okay, let me say it this way. If I invite y'all over my house, don't bring your luggage to my house. Right? I'm at the door knocking. 
I'm coming over for dinner. Pastor's here. You let me in your house. We eat. We fellowship. And then I go. Right? Now, there was one of our friends here that said, Pastor, I love you so much, I want to tie up, put you in my closet. We're not going to do that. <laughs> Praise Jesus. <laughs> but look at the scenario here. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> and look at the scenario. The Lord, now we know that he's always with us. But this talks about an intimacy, a time when we come before the Lord, a time that we seek with him, and a set or an appointed time when he comes around. He comes, he sits with us, he counsels us. We eat together, we fellowship, and then he goes. And then he comes back, and then he goes. Sounds like an act of prayer life to me. A time spent on that charger. Are you hearing? When a time, like with Adam, he communed with the Lord in the cool of the day, yes. a set time, he comes, his presence comes, his presence come, comes upon you and changes you. Yes. He counsels with you. He talks to you. He talks about things that are going on in your life. He imparts into you. He imparts into you. And then he goes. But he comes back again. It's time for prayer. Get up. Get up. Won't you let me in? It's time for us to talk. Won't you let me in? Oh, Lord, I'm tired. I, I don't have time right now. I'm busy. I would, Jesus, but it's just, it's not right now. I got, I got, I got to get to work. I got to get to work. It's time. Would you let me in? Would you let me in? Uh, I don't know. So the Lord sends a word to the pastor to the church saying church I'm at your door knocking I've been at your door knocking would you please let me in so that we can talk are you understanding last now he's saying all of that to get to this one point here I believe he said he I love you because I love you I'm going to chastise you I'm going to rebuke you rebuke you in other words I'll discipline you and I'll correct you so that you don't get to this point. He says here, he said, because you are near, near the cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. The word spew in the Greek means, it is actually the Greek word, uh, emeo. Say emeo. Emeo. And emeo means to vomit. To vomit forth. I'm not going to ask if anybody done that before, I'm sure. Praise the Lord. It means, email means to vomit, to vomit forth, to throw up. Want to make it so everybody can understand it. Okay. He said, because you're neither cold nor hot, I will spew you. I will vomit you out of my mouth. Now, he could have just said, I will vomit you. Or I will, I will, I will throw up, throw you up. But he said, out of my mouth, which is entirely different. Let me tell you this, then we're going to close out. He said, because you fluctuate between cold or hot, because you have not sought me for that, I will vomit you. 
out of my mouth. Vomit indicates that, now he said, vomit you, right? Hopefully not you, but the person, right? In other words, that person was in the mouth of Christ, gone down into the stomach. Vomiting, now if it just said, I will spit you out of my mouth, that means I just tasted you. Right? But vomit means that it has gotten in and has gone down. Vomiting often indicates uh, a violent discharge. You have really made me sick. And this has got to come out of me. Right? The belly. So vomiting talks about the stomach. Stomach in the Bible often talks about belly. Belly. The belly often talks about the heart or the soul. Scripture says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So for the Lord to say, I will spew you out of my mouth means simply this. I will no longer speak about you. I will forcibly allow myself to remove you from my heart. I will forcefully eject you out of my heart and I will not speak your name. I will vomit you. Why? Because he has examined. Remember in the beginning he said, I know your works. Stomach is a place of examination, right? The beginning to break it down, those asses. Robbie would tell you. That's right. I got some nurses in here. Andrea tell you, something begins to break that stuff down. Isn't that right? Break it down. In other words, who we are, what we have done has begun to be broken down, has begun to be examined. And Jesus said, oh, this is not right. Is this, does this have anything to do with sin? No. This is all about your relationship with him, your level of intimacy and dependency upon him. Something that you cannot manufacture your own self. You'll have to cry out to him for that level of intimacy. You'll have to ask him, Lord, you're standing at the door of my heart. Come in, Lord Jesus, come in. I welcome you in. I welcome you in. I welcome you in. And the more you welcome him in, he said he'll come in and he'll sup with you. You'll be together. He'll love on you. you he'll counsel you. And the more he does that, the more, the more uh, hot, the hotter you'll become. The hotter you'll become. And the hotter you become, the more you'll be like him because even God himself, the scripture says, is a consuming fire. And the more you let him in, the more you change. And the more you change, yes. sin will no longer be the issue. Yes. I've told you before, my favorite toy when I was growing up was a G.I. Joe doll with the Kung Fu grip. You put your finger in his back and he'd do like that. He came with a little knife, you put it in his hand and he'd do like this, he'd do like that. Me and G.I. Joe went everywhere. His other hand is like this, you know, stuck like that. And I put a string through his hand and I would tie a part of the string, you know, up high or top of the steps banister and the other end down, down the steps into the kitchen on the, on the um, bottom of the table leg there. I planned it out. And, you know, and G.I. Joe would zip line in. And he would get down there and he would, 
he would get them folk, he would, he would get them good. And we finished with our adventure, he go in my back pocket, praise the Lord, me and G.I. Joe, saving the world. But you know, now that I have grown and matured, he's a memory, but I have no idea where he is now. Can you help me? Can you help me find him? <laughs> kind of like Andy with Toy Story, right? But I'm saying that. The more we, we mature, the more we stay, spend time in the presence of the Lord, the more we mature. And the childish thing, sin is a childish thing. It's childish. And the more you grow up, the more you release those childish things. But maturity, you cannot make yourself mature. That's the job of the spirit. So we have to spend that time with him Amen. and welcome him in. Amen. Say with me, come in, Lord Jesus. Come in, Lord Jesus. We love you this morning. And I give Lord a hand of praise. We're done in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. 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 In Jesus' mighty name. Oh, we thank the Lord Jesus. Well, if you're in this place today, did y'all receive the word? Did you understand the word of God today? Did you understand that word? You've got a homework assignment now. A homework assignment. Homework assignment. Don't put anything in front of him. You can't change yourself. Only he can do that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Matter of fact, when you get back in your car, right where you are, matter of fact, right where you are, just say, just talk to him and say, I welcome you. You have to say it out of your own mouth. Just say, I welcome you. Come in. Come in. Come in. Ask him to change you. Ask him to change you. Ask him to make you whole in Jesus' mighty name. Just say, I yield myself to you. I yield myself to you in Jesus' name. Now, don't get frustrated with progress because the Lord has a timetable. You hear him? Hear me? Amen. You just keep on getting back in a tanning bed. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. That's good. Thank you. Right? The more you get in that tanning bed, the more you're going to change. Okay? So don't worry about what's going on. Oh, I'm still doing some soon. Uh -uh. Just get Glory. back in the tanning bed. Glory. The more you tan, the more you get in there, the, the more the lights are on you, the more you change. Okay? It's the devil's job to keep you distracted, show you the problem so that you will ignore the tanning bed. But the more you spend time in his presence, the more he changes you. Did you get that? Did you understand that? Amen. That is awesome. That is awesome. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. 
We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose Him as your Lord today. Only He can make a way.